You're listening to episode 129 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. Hello, I am Simon Jones. And I'm Steph McKenna. And we're joined today by Vicky Maitland. Hello. Hi, Vicky. How are you doing, Vicky? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, we're not too bad, are we? No, we're we're a week into 2021. How's it comparing to 2020 for you so far? Much the same. Not much of a change of scene there. (laughs) No, much much the same. Um, I'm still having the usual trouble of writing the date incorrectly, and I suspect that will continue for the foreseeable, but I'll, I'll get the hang of it eventually. Vicky, you're here today to talk about the new project Chrysalis. Yes, I am. So Chrysalis is a series of events that have all been designed by our group of young people on the Lit From The Inside programme. So they've been working with us since January of last year. And over the past few months, they've been designing a series of online events that are totally free to access, free to participate in on topics that they're particularly interested in. Tell us a little bit about uh, the first event that we've got that day at 10.30 in the morning called Reading Diversely. This is a panel, isn't it? Yes, it's a panel featuring uh, four panellists, one of which is one of the young people on the programme, Amelia Platt. Um, She's done a few different projects with us over the years, has been uh, really brilliant and involved with the National Centre for Writing. And so she's going to step up and chair her first ever panel. And then she's joined by Holly Ainley, book buyer at Gerald's, So Mayer, writer and activist, and Hannah Chukwu, who is a publisher at Penguin Random House. They're going to be talking about reading diversity in all senses of the word. Sounds excellent. And then that's followed up by another online event that you can watch on YouTube with Inua Ellums, who we've worked with before, is a fantastic internationally touring poet and playwright. What will Inua be doing for us? Uh, So Lit From The Inside commissioned Inua to write a poem reflecting on 2020 and the year that has been. Um, And it's a really brilliant piece of writing. It kind of covers the whole range of news stories that have broken from uh, January all the way through to December. And he's produced a really lovely poem. So we'll be uh, premiering that poem. And then Inua will join us for a live Q&A really looking forward to that and it was fantastic. Can you just remind us again when that is all taking place? Yeah so the first event of the day kicks off at 10.30am can be found on our YouTube channel and that's on Saturday the 23rd of January Um, and if you want to get access to the booking link you can book online via our website. Yes just head over to nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk to find out all the details. So on the podcast today, we are talking with Owen Nichols, who is the author of the novel Love Unscripted and is also a screenwriter. And Owen was one of the escalatees that was on our Escalator programme back in 2017. So Escalator is a key part in our annual programme. We've been running it in the east of England since 2004. So each year we select 10 aspiring writers of fiction for eight months of mentoring, training, guidance and networking. Unfortunately, last year, due to funding difficulties and cuts, Escalator could only mentor six writers. We'd really, really like to get that back up to 10. So to support an early career writer across the year, it costs £2,200 for the full eight months of mentoring. So we're aiming to raise £8,800 to secure four more places on the Escalator programme for 2021. 
So throughout this month, we're going to be running a series of podcasts where we talk to people who have been through the escalator scheme and can give us their experience of what it was like, what it did for them in terms of their career trajectory, where they were as writers before doing escalator and afterwards. So Owen talks about how when he was writing his first novel, Escalator kind of came along at exactly the right time and and really helped him get the book to where it needed to be in order to get it published. If you want to know more about Escalator or would like to donate to the scheme, you can find out full details at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk or by calling us on 01603 877 177. So over to Owen chatting with Simon. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad. Yeah. Bit of homeschooling this morning and then a bit of time to myself this afternoon. So, yes. How thrilled were you to discover that homeschooling was back for 2021? Uh, yeah. I'd say that the party poppers haven't stopped. Um, <laughs> for a bit of context, this is what, January the 7th, 8th, 8th. Um, we made a decision on Sunday to not put the kids in. And then obviously there was the catastrophe of the let's let them go back for a day for no apparent reason and then shut the schools. Yeah, our son's school kind of made the decision up front they weren't going to open. So oh, uh, nice. I think everyone was just slightly ahead of the government. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. As a, yeah, surprising there. <laughs> yeah, unprecedented in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in preparation for this, I, I got hold of Love Unscripted and have, have been reading that and thoroughly enjoying it i have to say oh thank you very much thank you yeah it kind of it grabbed me uh, right from the opening page it was uh, one of the funniest opening pages i've read i think and uh, yeah I, i'm still early early days with it but i've just got to the bit where there's a discussion about garden state and, <laughs> yes. uh, and as, as someone who does did quite like that movie back in the day and may or may not have owned the soundtrack at one point i was i was feeling quite self-conscious as i was, as I, was reading <laughs> I felt quite self-conscious writing it considering i was definitely somebody who had the poster and had the soundtrack <laughs> and yeah liked that film a lot and it's still it, i'd still watch it now and i get a nostalgic twinge but it, it certainly has its problems i think Yes, I think it requires a certain mindset. I remember showing it to my wife, who sort of sat there in stony silence while I was <laughs> desperately trying to explain why it was such an emotional film. It didn't really work. Yeah, yeah. It's very much uh, geared for a type of audience, I think, that slightly slightly immature. I think we it's, it's nice that we can watch things now and learn and be different people, I think. I think that's that can only be a good thing. Yeah, we can we can look back and laugh now. Yeah, so yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Love Unscripted came out in 2019. Yeah, which feels like it was about 10 years ago. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, this was a couple of years, I think, after you'd done Escalator. And what I wanted to start off with was kind of rewind to where you were at with your writing prior to doing Escalator, uh, if you can remember that back that far. Cool. Yeah, I can. Um, I can remember sitting at my desk as a copywriter at a local challenger bank. This isn't the BBC, so I suppose I can just say Virgin Money. Um, <laughs> so I was at Virgin Money and I was really fortunate enough to be within a copy team that everybody wanted to be a writer. Um, so writing was just something that we talk about every day. And one of my colleagues mentioned the escalator scheme and said it was a really good way of kind of um, getting your stuff read 
Um, and so I applied. But before that, I'd done a master's at the UEA in screenwriting. I'd had my first screenplay optioned, I think, by that point, which sadly didn't go anywhere. And I've had a few kind of very near misses with screenplays. Really lucky enough to find out about the escalator scheme at the same time that I was trying a novel approach. Um, so I had, I think, about 10,000 words of my first novel when my friend Hannah said, oh, if you thought about applying for this? And so I sent the chapters off. And yeah, I think maybe about a month later, I found out I'd been accepted. And yeah, it was really, really over the moon. You mentioned those kind of early screenplays that almost went somewhere and then never quite did. Was that part of the motivation for going and trying to write a novel? Because obviously with a screenplay, that's only the first step in the creation of what the thing is supposed to be. Whereas with a novel, once you've written the novel, it, it exists in the form it's intended for. That's exactly right. Yeah, I I always view a screenplay as a blueprint for something else. It's not something that you can really... I couldn't really hand a script to my mum and say, hey, would you like to read this without her kind of potentially getting a bit confused? Um, I think only screenwriters know how to read scripts, but everybody can read a novel. Um, and it it was kind of that frustration of the filmmaking process of getting so far and kind of not getting to the point of having anything produced where I thought, well, if I write a novel, even if it just sits on my shelf, it's something that, I can share with people. It's something that other people can understand. And I just felt like I needed a change from doing the same thing, kind of almost banging my head against the wall when it came to screenplays. And I had a, I had an agent at the time for my screenwriting. And when I mentioned the idea for Love Unscripted as a movie, it was kind of like, kind of poo-pooed quite early on that you just wouldn't get the kind of film like that made unless it was um, from some other kind of source. So that was another reason. It was kind of, well, actually, if I write the novel, potentially I'll get the screenplay on the back of that, um, which we're still kind of fingers crossed for. Yeah, that's really interesting because reading it, just, just what I've read so far, you know, I'm already kind of thinking, oh, I'd love to see these characters up on screen because it, it definitely... Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a screenplay writer, your dialogue is really good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, and you can kind of imagine it, you know, being something that you're watching as well uh, in the best possible sense. And what do you think it was about it that kind of got that reaction where it wouldn't be something that necessarily would be able to go into, you know, TV or film form in the first place? I think because it was only a concept stage. So I, ne- I never wrote a screenplay for the idea it was just kind of something that we discussed it was just the film industry especially in the uk is just such a hard thing to get into and you sort of you sort of need to be a name already or you need to make things yourself and that's just not something i've never wanted to pick up a camera and kind of shoot my own short film or feature film or anything like that um Mm. so the idea of kind of writing a screenplay from scratch and then just kind of sending it out there I, just seemed like folly really um so even like it can be done i'm sure it can be done but um it wasn't something that we had much faith in and i'm really glad we didn't because now i've got a novel and potentially a screenplay at the end of it. 
Yeah, no, it seems like you went the right way about it. Um, in terms of once you'd heard about Escalator, I mean, was it simply the, I say simply, but you know, you started this book and it just seemed like the right time to do it. Um, is it some, is it, was it kind of good fortune that starting your novel and hearing about Escalator happened at the same time? It was hugely good fortune. I think more than expecting to get on the course, more than anything, I, I sort of just wanted like a pass on the back. <laughs> I kind of wanted somebody to say, "Oh, you're doing like this is this is okay, like this is good." Um, I wasn't quite expecting to actually be selected because I think it's, it's hundreds, if not thousands, isn't it? That you get applications. Yeah, I mean, it varies year to year, but yeah, there's it's a lot of competition to get onto it. Yeah, so I knew I knew that the the kind of challenge was, um, yeah, going to be a tough one. Um, so when I actually found out that I was one of the ten selected, I was really over the moon because it meant what I'd written was good enough to be kind of make it to the top of a pile, and that's all that any other any writer wants to do is get to that point where people are going oh no we've read a lot of stuff but this is worth your time yeah and in terms of those the ten thousand words you had at, at that point how much work did you put into that to kind of prepare it for the application process so i think the we if memory serves me we had to send in the first three chapters which i i think was actually only a couple of thousand words so i think I'd got to the point where I had about 10,000 and I just worked and worked and worked on those first 2,000 until they were kind of in a place where I really wanted, well, where I'd be happy to send them off. Um, And they're not far off what's actually in the final published novel, I think. Yeah, interesting. Because actually your chapters, at least of what I've read of the book so far, your chapters are pretty, pretty short and to the point as well. So you know, from a stylistic perspective, I could imagine some of the other people submitting to Escalator could have had much larger word counts in terms of what they were putting in. Yes, and I, I, I think there's also a kind of a literary commercial, not divide, but a kind of uh, a difference. Um, there were were many people on the course writing such commercial fare, and I do, I'm like more than happy to say that it's a very commercial novel. Once you were on the course and, and had begun. What was what was the experience of going through the course over those over those months and how did it help you in a in a practical sense, either from a craft perspective or from a kind of industry perspective? The from the industry perspective it was really amazing. One, it was just great to be around the other people on the course because like I said, it was it just felt like a pat on the back to be accepted and kind of hearing other people's stories. And I was thinking, wow, they all got picked and I also got picked. So this kind of the little nagging voice always tells me I'm not quite good enough. was kind of silent for a little while, um, which was nice. Um, (laughs) I like what you said, for a little while. For a little while, yeah. yeah. It doesn't say quite for long. Um, But from a craft point of view, um, I'm thinking it 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 was kind of more the an introduction to the industry that I think I took more from it because when it comes to the craft, I'd done the screenwriting MA. Um, I knew how I wanted my chapters to be. I knew that I wanted to get in and out of scenes as quickly as possible. Um, I knew I wanted to kind of lend my, what I'd learned from my script writing into a novel to make it kind of have that 
kind of almost movie-esque like I always refer to it as scenes rather than chapters or and obviously with the context of the novel being about a guy who's obsessed with movies it kind of it works within that um, that context Uh, but the real thing was that introduction to the industry because I knew the film industry reasonably well but I didn't quite understand publishing Um, Mm -hmm. and being able to like so the first night of our um, we part of the escalator course you get a weekend away or you you still I'm not sure if you still do um, uh, no, we had to suspend that last year, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and you know, it's one of those things that is being assessed constantly at the moment to see what the, the latest rules and situation are. Ah, right. So hopefully that'll come back because that that was the the real highlight for me. It was kind of you'd sit down and on the first night we had I think it was Jane Pickering and one of her authors um, basically talking about how they got together and the amount that I learned then about kind of picking the right agent and making sure that they understand your work and you're both on the same page. Um, that was huge to me because when it came to picking my agent, I had a couple of offers and one of which was just a guy emailing me a contract and saying, yeah, sign this without any discussion <laughs> at all. And I think if I hadn't have had Escalator, I'd have probably been naive enough to have actually just, just signed that piece of paper. Um, mm-hmm. So, the little it's little things like that but also like we met with an editor and they they explained what they were looking for when you sent stuff in um yeah and and finding out kind of how quickly the industry moves as well like compared to film it's kind of people within the industry say no it's one of the slowest things in the world but i was actually shocked at how quickly i kind of got my agent and then after that got the contract for the for the deal um, and I think Escalate helped me kind of get set up on all of those fronts. Mm. It's really interesting, actually, yeah, because I think on the podcast, talking to writers previously, there is a sense that, you know, it's a long process and it takes a long time, A, to write a book, B, to go through that process of agents and editors and finding publishers. And then even once you've got the deal, it then takes another year before the book comes out, <laughs> etc. But your perspective coming from the world of film is the relative to that it's actually really snappy yeah yeah i was honestly kind of quite shocked that from the point of getting an agent i think it was about oh was it six months i think to the point where i kind of decided okay i will concentrate fully on being an author now so i, I gave up the day job which um mm-hmm. was a huge huge decision but um yeah, I'm quite happy with how things have panned out so far. Yeah, well, I think that's the that's the end ideal goal of a lot of writers, isn't it? And making that leap between where you are in your early career, you know, prior to publishing to getting to that stage can often seem like a, a kind of hurdle or a, you know a, a, a gap that's not bridged, and you can't quite imagine how you're possibly ever going to get across there. No, no, I, I'm very, very fortunate, and I kind of still count my blessings now. Um, whether that will kind of continue into the future, who knows? I know a lot of authors that kind of do go back to either freelancing or, or just some kind of other uh, financial revenue. Um, but yeah, I was very, very kind of fortunate to have had the last couple of years where I can just really concentrate on book two and now on book three. 
Um, I'm trying to just as we were talking, trying to figure out the timeline because you mentioned that Escalator began early 2018, mm-hmm. and then your book was out in 2019. Well, because the Escalator scheme was a good year, I think. So maybe it was 20 January 2017 that the course started, and then January 2018 could have been when we had our showcase because I got my agent a couple of months after the showcase. Mm-hmm. And then from getting the agent to book deal was six months. So I signed in October 2018, and then the novel came out in June 2019, which was really quick. It was supposed to be 2020. Yeah, it was supposed to be 20, June 2020, um, but they kind of pulled it forward because they were quite excited. Yes. About it. Um, yeah, managed to get it out just before uh, yeah. 2020 well, caused massive disruption. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame because the the hardback kind of was a quite a small um, press, but we did. I was so lucky to get like the um, early reviews and to get proof copies, and then obviously to get the book launch, which I know a lot of people haven't been able to have this year, which I, I feel really feel for them. Um, but we did have the paperback come out in the middle of the middle of last year and that kind of wasn't given the fanfare that I kind of would have liked to have given it in normal circumstances. And obviously the having the book published and it being turned around so quickly speaks to the quality of the writing primarily. But I was wondering in terms of Escalator and its kind of effect and impact, if if you hadn't done Escalator, do you think things would have played out slightly differently? I do. I think because I knew the show, for me, it's all about deadlines and kind of self-imposed deadlines are great and fine and everybody should have them. But having deadlines kind of set in stone that you know something is going to happen by this point um, really kind of lit a fire under me. Um, So when I was on the course, I knew that we'd have the showcase and I knew that agents would be at the showcase and I knew editors would be at the showcase new publishers would be at the showcase. And so I wanted to make sure that at that point I would have something that I could give to people. Um, and it still required like a, a, a good chunk of work after um, we sold it. But I was lucky enough then to be able to do it full time and give it the kind of the nine to five that it needed to get it ready for publication. Yes. And we still working in the day job at this point? No, almost, I'd say, at the time that I signed the contract, I kind of handed in my notice. So it was that, it, it, I used to write like literally for an hour during my lunch break and then evenings whenever I could. Um, I have two small children who were at the time two and four. So that was kind of, you know, <laughs> not an easy juggling act, but um once they're asleep, it's kind of, it just meant, you know, switching off the TV in the evening and really kind of using every free minute. But I think the biggest thing was the, the one hour lunch breaks. Like I used to demand that I would have them um, and well, you know, contractually allowed to have them, so, but I would, <laughs> I would make sure that I would like at 12 o'clock, I would leave my desk, go to another desk in the building open up my laptop and write for a solid hour, um, eat a sandwich over the keys. And and it's amazing how s- these tiny little one hours added up to a novel. 
because you can have like really lengthy weekends, but just every day writing a little bit. And then at the end of it, I had this whole book and I was kind of yeah, really, really pleased that I'd done it that way. And then when I was able to give up the day job, the editing, which is, I, I do find that editing's a, a lot more kind of, you need a big chunk of time. Um, that that worked out well to get it into the shape, to get it on the shelves. Fantastic. Um, we have a case study um, about your experience as well over on the website. And in that, you mentioned that prior to doing Escalator, you had been kind of reluctant to describe yourself as a writer. And I was wondering why you think that is and, and what changed, perhaps? Oh, I, I, I still have a bit of a hard time. Um, <laughs> even, yeah, even though I can look at my bookshelf and see my own book on it, I, I, I think it's just imposter syndrome. I think it's just kind of, um, it's hard to, it's the kind of thing that, what is a writer? Is it somebody who writes or is it somebody who's successful? with their writing and I think I just always felt a little bit fraudulent saying oh I'm a writer when I was actually like working in telesales or I was actually kind of um back when I was a projectionist in the cinema it's kind of I am a writer because I write but am I a quote unquote writer like it's kind of that whole thing about success and kind of how do you define success um but yeah there's there was something that kind of always stuck in my throat about it, kind of saying oh i'm a writer especially especially when i wasn't writing <laughs> i think <laughs> that's the kind of thing that especially during like uh, university days i think i pretended i was a writer and it was only until kind of about five years ago that i really put in the effort that you have to put in to be able to call yourself a writer yeah, that sounds very familiar. I, I spent a good decade pretending to myself that I was a writer before I actually started writing properly. <laughs> and did did that come around with kids? Uh, it did for me, yes. Yeah. Like, when, my, when my son was born, it was like this weird reminder, although it, obviously it's this massively positive thing, it was a strange reminder that I was going to die. Oh, <laughs> at some okay. So it kind, of, it kind of put life in context and my brain did this little switch where I was like, oh yeah, I need to actually get on with things. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, I wonder if that was the first. For, for me, it, there was such a, like it was almost like the day he was born, it was kind of like, all right, right now I'm going to, actually do the thing that I've been talking about for 10 years but I think it's a time thing so before I had all the time in the world and if you have the entire weekend to yourself um, you'll do nothing with it but if you're told oh you've only got an hour to do something that constraint can actually be the fire up your backside that you need I think Um, so the less time I've had the more I write which is if I can say any advice to people out there who are not putting in the hours, but have the hours, <laughs> put in the hours now, just write and write yeah. and write. Yeah, no, I, I think back on my university days oh, and in, in early jobs and the amount of free time I had, which yeah. I didn't use productively, and it drives me mad. <laughs> yeah, but it's just bizarre how when you've got the kind of twin time sucks of um, kids and a job, that that can be when you're most proficient. I'm, I'm not sure. 
how that works, but uh, it certainly did for me anyway. Definitely. I think those constraints can help. And like you mentioned with Escalator, giving you a hard deadline that you maybe didn't have before was actually a, a critical kind of element as well. Yeah, definitely. That was hugely helpful. Um, something else you spoke about in the case study was about growing up in an area that traditionally has not had much in the way of support for writers and that the arts generally isn't seen as a, a kind of viable life path, if you like. Okay. Um, and I was wondering, in terms of schemes like Escalator and you know, others like them, how how can they help people who are maybe growing up in similar situations and, and what can they do to to kind of provide support in the, in that circumstance? I think it's being made aware that they exist. I think, <laughs> I think it's kind of, I wouldn't have known about Escalator, I don't think, unless I lived and worked in Norwich, kind of was surrounded by people who, you know, were very culturally switched on and kind of had friends that maybe knew somebody who worked at, the right center um i just think if i was back in bradwell which is a little village just near great yarmouth i i just feel like i'd never even know about it so i think just getting the word out is kind of crucial and i know that you're looking for kind of donors and people to contribute to kind of help get that word out and i think if there's anybody out there that really loves the written word and wants to hear from kind of i, I, I can't say I'm more I'm a, I'm a diverse voice at all but there are people that I grew up with that wouldn't have known about schemes like this and they would have interesting stories to say and I think we need to kind of as best we can get as many different people from different backgrounds telling as many different stories it just makes for more interesting reading Absolutely. No, completely agree. Uh, well, Owen, thank you so much for your time. That was really great. And it's yeah, so interesting to hear about kind of where Escalator intersected with what you were already doing and, and how it affected your writing. So thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And many thanks to Owen for chatting with us. And Vicky, thank you for coming on the show again. Thank you for having me. Don't forget you can find out about Chrysalis, the Escalator fundraising campaign, and more information about all of our courses and online programs at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. You can also sign up to our newsletter, which goes out weekly, that will keep you up to date with all of our latest opportunities. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at Writer Centre and check out our Facebook page. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast if you can through your favourite podcast app. Thanks again, keep writing and we will catch you next week.